For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. <laughs> Damn it, Somebody tell him he's a rookie. What's up, Clipper Nation? Jesse Cass here with you on the Believe Podcast Network for a brand new episode of the Believe in Clippers podcast. Merry Clipmas! The Clippers win the Christmas Day matchup with the LA Lakers 111 to 106. This is a quick, shortened episode where we're going to break down a reaction pod to the Clippers getting it done on Christmas night over the LA Lakers. Before we get there, quickly, as always, know that you can follow us on any podcast directory, including Apple, which we'd love your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions. Also, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. And also follow along at Believe.com and any social media handle at Believe Podcasts. And follow me along on Twitter at Jesse underscore Cass. So now with all of that out of the way, let's get into it. The Clippers and the Lakers, and the Clippers improved to 2-0 on the year against their crosstown rivals, and again, for the second time in two matchups, Kawhi Leonard was remarkable. And it's just so apparent with Kawhi that he's getting better and better as the year has gone on, and as much as there has been said about the load management, it clearly is necessary and works for Kawhi. You know, he, early in the year, despite putting up good numbers, was clearly lagging a little bit in terms of the speed he was playing at, the athleticism, the explosion. You look at him now over the past couple of ball games in the Spurs game where he was flying up and down the court, throwing down transition dunks and tip dunks and just really looking like the Kawhi we saw in the playoffs. That was on display again. Really the quickness and the explosion is what is most apparent seeing Kawhi early in the season for seeing Kawhi now and what he's been able to do. As we said, the numbers have been good across the board regardless, but with the eye test, you can really see the difference in what he's doing now and just spectacular again for Kawhi Leonard. 35 points, 12 boards, 5 assists, a steal as well, 11 of 19 from the field, 5 of 7 from downtown, and 8 of 8 from the free throw line. And for Kawhi Leonard... As we said, getting to the basket has been a big improvement for him. And also the three-point shot, which I think is directly related to his legs and that left knee in particular. That getting more healthy, more lift in the legs. And we've seen the shot from outside falling at a much higher clip than it was at the start of the season. And that was, again, on display for Kawhi Leonard. So he he really was the driving force in the ball game, especially offensively, of course, defensively as well taking the assignment and guarding LeBron James for large chunks of the ball game. But he really set the tone for the Clippers, who didn't play very well for a good portion of the game, really the first half in general, where they fell behind and early in the second half when they went behind by 15. Uh, But Kawhi Leonard, right from the start, 14 first quarter points, 
Of course, in the fourth quarter, responded with double figures there again and just getting it done on all three levels of scoring. Getting to the rim, of course, in the mid-range as he likes to do, hitting from three, as we mentioned, and getting to the free throw line where he went eight of eight from the line. So Kawhi was special and really carried the way, as we said, and he did it on both ends. Mentioned he guarded LeBron for a large portion of the ball game, and in today's modern NBA, you're, you're often not going to see one guy check someone the whole ball game. Of course, the Clippers have so many defenders they can throw at players, and opposing offenses are going to set a multitude of screens to try to get the switches that they want, but that's what makes this Clippers team so dangerous when they're at full strength, when they're really locked in on the defensive end, and we saw it all the way up until that final play with Patrick Beverly making the the block, the strip that just went off the, the fingertips of LeBron James to really seal the ball game with the Clippers up three at that juncture of the game. But even with any of those three guys, really, and you throw Harkless into that group at times, Jermichael Green, but on the floor at the end of the ball game, you have the Lakers setting multiple screens to get LeBron James switched. And it's really a pick-your-poison situation. You have the switch from Kawhi Leonard to Paul George. They switch that again to Pat Beverly. And despite the size differential, Pat Beverly showing why he's one of the best defenders in the league and just, again, proving how absurd and ridiculous Russell Westbrook's uh, Pat Bev trick jaw comment was. I wonder if he was watching that ball game to see the 6-1 Beverly checking 6-9 LeBron James to end the ball game and making the key stop defensively. Pat Beverly, always the heart and soul of the ball club. Just an incredible play by him, and it was really your typical Pat Bev game when he comes up with a big game for the Clippers. Eight points, nine rebounds, four assists, hit a three-pointer, a block, a steal, really everything all over the floor for Beverly, all the dirty work. He did it for the Clippers. And this was a game where the Clippers didn't particularly get everything that they normally do from their offensive weapons. Kawhi, of course, we mentioned was outstanding, 35 points to lead the way. But Lou Williams really struggled, one of six from the field, just six points in the ball game. He did have seven assists, so I was able to facilitate well, but also had four turnovers. So it was really an uneven game from Lou Will, but still one where he was able to make a few key plays down the stretch. Paul George, granted, his offense was not great, just five of 18 from the field, one of six from downtown, did still have 17 points, hit all of his six free throws, and his defense was outstanding, just like Kawhi's was, just like Pat Bev's was, on LeBron James in particular. You, you'll take the kind of off-night offensively from Paul George when you get that type of defense that he played on both LeBron James and even switching on to Anthony Davis at times. And that was a big thing that we talked about leading into this matchup and has been a key talking point for everyone following and anticipating this matchup through the year, first game of the year, to now. What are the Clippers going to do about Anthony Davis? And And again, a nice job by the Clippers defense on Davis, who... He did have 24 points, but that's under his season average of about 28. 8 of 17, so just under 50% from the field. 1 of 6 from downtown. We know that Davis has that range, but forcing him to essentially settle for 6 three-pointers is something the Clippers will live with all day. Did get to the free-throw line 8 times, but only 6 rebounds as well. It was really a game where, I don't want to say held in check, but certainly held under what you would expect Davis to bring in that matchup, and especially late in the ball game. Clippers go small. They have Lou Will, Pat Bev, PG, Kawhi, and Montrez on the floor. So Trez, really the biggest guy on the floor. Him and Kawhi and Paul George all around the same height, 6'7", 6'8", range. And 
Trez with that big responsibility late of checking Anthony Davis. And part of this is on the Lakers and their approach offensively. But Davis, and part of this was due to the defense from Montrez. Part of it was just on Davis and his approach. But Anthony Davis settling for some mid-range jumpers late in the ball game in the final five minutes of the game. Davis, he did knock down one. He missed another. But that's something that the Clippers will live with all day. We know Davis can make those shots. He clearly has the height and size advantage, so it's a comfortable shot for him to kind of get to his spot and knock down, raise up, shoot over Montrezl Harrell. But again, you're not letting Davis get to the rim. You're not letting him get ahead of steam. And if you're living with contested 15-foot jump shots, that's something that the Clippers will live with all day, and it worked in their favor late in the ball game. And similarly, with LeBron James, we mentioned the kind of the switching concept that the Clippers employed, especially in that fourth quarter. It's something that worked effectively against LeBron as well, who was just 9 of 24 from the field. He did have a, a spurt early in the fourth quarter where he got going and allowed the Lakers to extend back to a 7-point lead after the Clippers had tied it. But just like in the first matchup where LeBron and AD were held in check late in the ball game, where LeBron just had 2 points in the fourth quarter, in the final 6 minutes... One point for LeBron James down the backstretch of the ball game. Davis had a little bit more. He had a dunk on a pick and roll, which was probably the best play the Lakers ran all game out of a timeout to retake a lead after it had been tied. Uh, but we mentioned his kind of settling concept. And then LeBron, he mentioned he had some nagging injuries, re-aggravating that groin issue that's been bothering him after trying to take a charge on Pat Beverly in the first quarter. But no excuses in a game like this if you're on the floor you're on the floor and you have to take advantage. So LeBron playing through it. He did make plenty of shots early in the fourth quarter, as you mentioned, but late in the ball game, Kawhi Leonard really imposed his will defensively. Paul George as well. And then, of course, the play by Beverly. So again, for the second meeting between these two ball clubs, LeBron and Anthony Davis, under 50%, both of them, and both of them really fading a bit down the stretch due to the Clippers' incredible defense. And I think that that's a big key going forward. These are probably the two best teams in the conference, maybe the two best teams in the league. And right now, it appears the Clippers just have more weapons to, to work with and more to do on the defensive end than the Lakers do. And that's something that we've talked about and we've known from the start of the year to now. But just to see it in action for a Clippers team that really played sluggishly, as we said, in the first half, but were still able to overcome it and come away with the victory. And Doc Rivers in the postgame said it was an easy halftime adjustment. He talked to the players and said, hey, guys, what do you think is going wrong when they trail by 12 at the half? And they just said, the Lakers are playing harder than us. And that was something we talked about as well. The Lakers were going to come out with that fire in their eyes after losing the first matchup on Christmas Day with their home court. They did that, but the Clippers were able to respond and, and really just eliminate some silly things that they did early in the ball game. And in particular, just silly fouls that they would make, especially Mo Harkless, who's usually such a straight-up solid defender for the Clippers, but really just overreacting to Kyle Kuzma going off early in the game. Kuzma, who's had his real struggles this year, averaging about 11 points per ball game and limited minutes from what he's used to, around 22 minutes a game, had a, a real coming-out party, had 15 points in the first quarter, ended with 25. But really, after he got started and got going, Mo Harkless seemed like he really just overreacted and Kuzma would have these wild drives where he was going to take a 15-foot runner. It happened about three different times, which led to obvious free throws for the Lakers, allowing them to control the tempo and really negate what the Clippers were trying to do in the first half. That was eliminated in the second half. Just smarter defense 
forcing the Lakers into tougher shots rather than giving them gifts at the free throw line. And that was a big turning point in the second half for the Clippers, who you look up and down the team stats, they really won every single one in this ballgame. 46% field goal percentage to 41 for the Lakers, 36% from downtown to just 27 for the Lakers. Clippers did have a few more turnovers, 16 to 13, and rebounds. Really, that jumps off the page for the Clippers. They are so much smaller than the Lakers and like to play so much smaller than the Lakers, out-rebounding the Lakers by 8, 50 to 42 in the rebounding department, including 13 offensive rebounds for the Clippers. And that's just such a testament to their effort down the stretch. And especially you look at, we mentioned Pat Beverly, nine rebounds for him at just six foot one, including some big offensive rebounds. It seems like any time the Clippers are in a marquee matchup against a good team and it's a close game down the stretch, Pat Beverly is going to come up with not one, but two or three big offensive rebounds where he's flying in over the top of someone without making contact with them and just making incredible rebounding effort plays. He did it when the Clippers were down five. It led to a Paul George jump shot to make it a three-point game. Very next trip down the floor, Kawhi buries the three, and then all of a sudden we're tied. So plays like that are, I think, right now what separate these two teams and put the Clippers over the top. They have the depth. They have the effort and simply the better role players than the Lakers do right now, who who are somewhat of a question mark in terms of their productivity from game to game. We know LeBron and AD are always going to be prolific and amazing, but we talked about leading up to this game in the last episode, if you force some of those other guys to beat you, you'll probably like that result if you're the Clippers. And that was the case in this ball game. We did mention Kuzma had 25, a uh, Kind of an aberration from what we've seen this season. In the first match between the two ball clubs, Danny Green went wild with 28. But everything else, everyone else up and down the lineup, primarily struggled. Caldwell Pope played well. He went 5 for 8 with 13 points, including a couple threes. But everyone else struggled. Danny Green, 2 for 8 from the field. Avery Bradley was awful. 1 of 5 from the field, 0 of 2 from downtown. JaVale McGee just 1 of 3. Caruso, 1 of 4. And Rondo, 3 of 9. And then Dwight Howard made his only field goal attempt. So the Clippers, while holding AD and LeBron under their season averages and under 50%, also took away pretty much everyone else except Kyle Kuzma from the scoring department. So that's a a clear reflection of the Clippers' defensive prowess and what they could do on that end. And then we mentioned not everyone for the Clippers played great offensively. Kawhi doing his thing and Montrezl Harrell 8 of 12. Everyone else kind of had their struggles from the field as well. But they were able to overcome it and get contributions from some of the other guys that are coming along in their process for the Clippers. Landry Shamit still trying to find his three-point stroke, was able to get inside for a couple of layups. He finished with seven points. And the reinsertion of Jamichael Green after not playing in the first half, played in the second, made just one shot, but it was a big three-pointer to bring the Clippers back when they were slicing into that Laker lead that was at 1.15 when Jamichael Green hit the three. It cut it back to a three-point lead from six at the time. So his shot was big. His defense was big as well. And this was the first time all season long the Clippers had their full healthy roster available to them. And that is just such an exciting thought if you're a Clippers fan. 23-10 and 10 on the year. They're 12-3 and 3 when Kawhi and Paul George play together. And now, of course, 1-0 and 0 when everyone is healthy and available. And this was a game that was really played and coached as if it was a playoff game. We saw Doc... Kind of shorten his rotation. No Rodney, no, no Rodney Magruder, no Derek Walton Jr., no Jerome Robinson, no Terrence Mann, none of the younger guys. 
Uh, we mentioned Jermichael Green played just seven minutes after sitting out the first half, which Doc alluded to that he had made a mistake in that regard and was happy that he put Jermichael Green in in the second half with his production. But we saw the shortened rotations on both sides. We saw the Clippers go with what really might be their closing lineup or close to it in a lot of ball games when we get down to playoff time. A smaller lineup with Beverly, Williams, George, Kawhi, and Montrez Harrell. And it worked wonders. The Lakers, with about six minutes left, they had Dwight Howard on the floor who had nine rebounds, but as we mentioned, foul trouble, only scored two points. They took Dwight off the floor. They moved Anthony Davis to the five, which might be better for them, honestly, but they adjusted to the Clippers, which is the important thing. The Clippers, as we said, were able to still out-rebound the Lakers despite the, the size difference and force the Lakers to adapt to their style of play. And that is a great sign going forward for the Clippers, who are still learning each other in terms of some of the new guys, figuring out their chemistry. They've only had two practices together as a full healthy team and, of course, one game. So despite some of the disappointing losses that we've seen in the recent weeks for the Clippers, this was a clear sign that when they are firing on all cylinders and at full strength, they're going to be so dangerous and so good come playoff time and on the back end of the season. So it was a really exciting and encouraging performance from the Clippers who, as we said, did not play their best, but still were able to come up with the big plays down the stretch, really negate a lot of what the Lakers wanted to do, and now improve to 2-0 against their crosstown rival. One of those, of course, without Paul George, one now with the healthy teams on both sides. So big-time win for the Clippers. We're going to cover it much more in our next episode next week, but wanted to break this thing down for you and give you a little gift in your Christmas stocking. So we hope you enjoyed the ball game and enjoyed this little recap here on the Believe in Clippers podcast. So that's going to do it for this special recap edition of the Believe in Clippers podcast. Know that if you enjoyed the show, you can follow along, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple. We're also available on all of your favorite podcast directories, so you can check check us out on any podcast directory that you like. Also follow along at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on any of your social media handles. So thanks for tuning in. We'll be back again next week with much more. Have a nice special guest coming up for you in our next episode as well. So good times coming up here on the Believe in Clippers podcast. Merry Clipmas. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. More coming up in the new year here on the Believe in Clippers podcast. Until then, Jesse Cass signing off here on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Clips. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.